0: In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit on God Amen. Let us read some verses from 2nd Thessalonians chapter 2, starting from verse 1. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to Him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for the day with capital D, will not come unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits in as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Grace of God the Father be with all of us. Amen. In the first letter, St. Paul spoke about the coming of Christ, the second coming of Christ. So many people actually thought that the coming of Christ will be at hand very soon. So they quit their work and they just waited for the coming of Christ. So St. Paul in second letter told them, no, no, you misunderstood me. The second coming that will be at the end of the days, there are, two sure signs will happen before the second coming of Christ. And when you see these two signs together, then we can expect that he is coming very, very soon. And these two signs in verse 3, the first sign is the falling away. He said, For the day, day with capital D, means the second coming, the day of the end of the world. Will not come unless the falling away comes first. Falling away, there is another term for it, it's called apostasy. So if you hear the word apostasy, means falling away. Uh, Meaning people will leave God, will leave Christ. That's apostasy or falling away. Second sign is the man of sin, the Antichrist, is revealed. And he called him the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all, that's called God, etc. Today, actually, i like to speak with you about the first sign, which is apostasy, the falling away. Why I, I, I want to speak to you about apostasy? Because I see it working right now, maybe not in its fullest way, fullest manifestation picture but it's working and we need to be aware of apostasy because <coughs> apostasy can take so many forms it's not only atheism is not only to say I don't believe in God that's one form but there are many other forms of apostasy and then I will speak to you then what we should do in order to protect ourselves from falling away. So the first form of apostasy is atheism. Atheism, A means no. Theism, theos is God. So atheism, no God. And atheism has also many forms. Uh, Some people said, uh you know what? When it comes to God, I don't know. And they call themselves agnostic. A e again means no. Gnosis in, uh, in Greek means knowledge. So agnostic means I don't know. I don't know. So they say maybe God exists, maybe, maybe he doesn't exist, maybe I don't know. So they try to be politically correct. So they say, I don't know. And there are other forms. So atheism with all its forms uh, that deny any form that does not explicitly say, I believe in God, it's atheism. Again, any form, any word, because there are many terminology, many terms any term that at the end does not explicitly say, I believe in the existence of God and his creator, this apostasy. Another apostasy, and you will be surprised when you hear me saying this, anything that does not follow the truth, even if they call themselves Christian. But if I'm not following the truth that's revealed to us in Christianity and in the scripture, it's another form of apostasy. Denominations that say or teach different doctrine than what's written in the scripture is apostasy. If the scripture says, unless you are born again from water and spirit, You cannot see the kingdom of God. Any denomination says baptism is not essential for your salvation is apostasy. Uh, Falling away because you are falling away from the truth. If the scripture says unless you eat my body and drink my blood you have no eternal life abiding in you. Any teaching, any denomination says something opposite, you know that's apostasy. Why it's important to know this is apostasy, because we cannot be one. We cannot say, you know, it's just different in opinion, uh, but but we are one. No, we are not. We are not. Either to abide in the truth or not. So we are not one. Uh, some people want to be politically correct. So they say, like those agnostic, they say we are non-denominational. They say during the time of Christ, there was no denomination. So I like to live like in the time of Christ. So are non-denominational. I can go to any church. I can worship in any church. uh, I can worship with the Orthodox. I can worship with the Catholic. I can worship with the Protestant. uh, Anything. But yes, during the first church, there was no denomination. I, I agree on this. But if you understand the history of the Church, when people start to adapt wrong or adopt wrong theology, that's what made the Church split. So some people, when they spoke about two natures, that's the first split in the Church, 451. Then people who taught that the Holy Spirit uh, proceed from the Father and the Son, which is different from John 15 became another split in the church because the church should abide by the truth that revealed in the scripture so instead of calling Christian who believe that Christ is one nature and who believe in the orthodox uh, in the procession of the Holy Spirit from the Father only you you cannot actually uh, define people this way so people start to have names So people who believe in two natures and procession of the Holy Spirit from father and son, Roman Catholic. People who believe in two natures, procession of the Holy Spirit from father only, Eastern Orthodox. People who believe in one nature and procession of the Holy Spirit from the father only, Oriental Orthodox, like the Coptic Church. So these names, just to differentiate between different theology, and again, we are not one. There are difference between us. Uh, then people who protested the Roman Catholic and split from the Roman Catholic, because they protested the Roman Catholic, they call them protestant. That's the word, origin of the word protestant, from the word protest, you know. So to say I, am, I can be there and be there and be there and join this church, join this church, this actually is the ultimate source is a sort a form of confusion because this means that what the non nation say I believe that Christ is two natures and I believe that Christ is one nature and I believe that the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and also the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son and also I believe that Eucharist is not communion it's not the real body and blood of Jesus Christ and I believe that uh, Cucharist is real body so uh, how, how you believe in this and in that and these are two contradicting each other so God is not an author of confusion this is totally confused people they are confused so again it is another form of apostasy falling away uh, nowadays some people actually Developing new theology, uh, and, and and they teach uh, something very very strange to the holy tradition that we received it from the father. For example, they teach that there is no punishment, nothing called as punishment. In spite of all the verses in the Bible, they say Christ did not carry our punishment on the cross. Against all the verses in the Scripture, and uh, the Church uh, uh, church Father teaching. If you can read actually uh, incarnation of the Logos chapter 20, it will refute all these new heresies. Some people teach there is errors in the scripture. This new theology actually is another form of apostasy, falling away. Another form of apostasy is superficiality in our relationship to God you know you are not connected with Christ your religion for you is just an activity on Sunday you come to the church Saturday you go and play basketball Uh, from Monday to Friday you go to school so it is just an activity Christianity is not activity Christianity is not just another acti- social activity, you do it on Sunday. You, you come here for the youth meeting just for um, to join your friends. It's activity. No. Christianity is a relation. Relationship with God. Christianity is to be one with Christ. To be the Son of God the Father and this by the Holy Spirit by the work of the Holy Spirit. So, in the mindset of many of us, it is just another activity. That's why some youth, they don't see anything wrong. On Saturday night, I go to nightclub, and Sunday morning I come to the church and serve as a deacon. You know, I had fun yesterday in the nightclub, and today I'm serving as a deacon. Just two activities. No, Christianity is not activity. Christianity is a relationship to be son of God the Father through your marriage to Jesus Christ by the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. And some people believe that also Christianity is some sort of philosophy in order to keep you disciplined and to follow some morals. Uh, so that's that's Christianity Christianity is about how to make you a good person not to lie not to swear to be faithful no, Christianity is not about this Christianity is not like uh, a book of wisdom uh, written by Aristotle or Plato no, Christianity is not like this or another philosophy again Christianity is revealing to us God the Son became man to be united with me to transform me so in him i become children of god the father and inherit the kingdom of god so anything else than to understand christianity as it is it is a relationship with god it is connection with god Anything else is apostasy. Anything else is falling away from the truth. That's why if we understand what Christianity is, in order to not actually to fall away from the teaching of Christianity, it is very, very important to have a relationship, personal relationship with God. What hinders us from having this relationship with God? Because we don't feel the need for it. And I, I want to ask you some questions here. Do you actually feel the need to have relationship with God or not? Do you need God in your life? I, I, I'm asking a question. I want you to think about it. Do you, do you really feel... Uh, that you need God in your life? Go examine your heart. Do you think if if you don't come to the church for a few months or a few weeks, do you feel that there's something missing in your life? Like when you don't eat for one day or two days, I'm sure you feel something missing. If uh, somebody hold your breath for one minute, you feel you are going to die. Do you feel that you are going to die if you don't come to the church for four weeks, for example? If you don't pray and if you don't read the scripture, do you feel that you are going to die, die spiritually? Do you need God? And my second question, why do you need God? If you say yes, many people know the right answer to these questions. But I don't want you just to tell me the right answer. I want you to be honest with yourself and answer this, your question, for yourself, not for me. Do you need God?
1: And if the answer
0: is no, then you are in a big danger if you don't feel that you need God, you, don't, you need God in your life. And the second question, if the answer is yes, why do you need God? Why? Maybe you will say, I need God to be with me in school so I can graduate from high school and go to a good college and have a good career. Maybe I need God because to heal my father or my mother from their illness, I need God to make peace in our family, I need God to make me find the right friend. All these things are, are very good. But this is, should not be the reason why you need God in your life. You need God because he is the life, the truth. Then if you are away from God, you have no life. If you are away from God, you're lost. As the father said about the prodigal son, my son was lost and now he is found. My son was dead and now he is alive. The third question, what are your needs? If you're going to write down my needs are, what are your needs? Maybe say I need money, I need a career, I need to find a good partner when I grow up, good spouse. Uh, I need to have a car. I need y- you have. I need to go to good school. Okay, these are your needs. Are these your needs only? One day all of us will die. So if these are your needs how these things will benefit you in the life to come. That's why God told us, seek seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Don't worry about what you eat and what you drink and what you wear. Your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Don't worry doesn't mean don't you do your part. But meaning just literally, don't worry. (laughs) Don't be anxious. Do your part in studying, in working. But don't be anxious. The only thing actually that we should be in need is my salvation and my relationship with God. That's why the first question, are your needs temporarily here? Earthly needs, contemporary needs, or they are eternal needs. One of the youth went to the Lord Jesus Christ and asked him a beautiful question. When they told him, good teacher, what should I do in order to inherit the kingdom of God? If the Lord Jesus Christ literally walked down right now in the midst of this meeting, and ask each one of you, what do you need, or what's your question for me, what are you going to ask him? Answering these questions that I am asking you right now will make you know yourself better. What are your dreams? When you daydream, what do you dream about? What what will make you happy? Is it temporal things or eternal things? And the last question, do you believe that God can fulfill all your needs? Do you believe that God can satisfy your needs and you will be satisfied in him? Or not? So these are five questions. I want you to reflect on them. Do you need God? Why do you need Him? What are your needs? Are your needs temporal or eternal? Do you believe that God can fulfill your needs or not? Again, I'm going to repeat these five questions again. And, and take this as homework and try to write through your reflection and your answers. Write it down. Do you feel that you need God? Do you need God? Why do you need him? And I want you to be honest when answering this question. Don't just write the the correct answer. I'm sure all of you know the correct answers. But the point of this question is not just to answer. You are not in a test. You are not an exam. The purpose of this question is to know yourself. To know yourself. Do you need God? Why do you need him? What are your needs? Are your needs temporal or eternal? Do you believe that God can fulfill your needs or not? As I told you, apostasy is falling away from having a relationship with the Holy Trinity. Now, actually, the what are the, the gods of this world, the gods that people are following? Actually, there are three gods people are following. One god is called money, love of money. Second god is pleasure, love of pleasure. Third god is ego, pride, power, whether physical power or uh, occupational power or social power. There is a beautiful verse in Jeremiah chapter 9 and verse 23. Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. Nor let the rich man glory in his riches. So, don't seek riches as God. Don't seek might as God. Don't seek earthly wisdom as God. Verse 24, but let him who glories, glory in this, this should be your glory, what's your glory? That he understands and and knows me, to understand me, God, and to know me, that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in this I delight, says the Lord, that he understands and knows me. Maybe most of you say they will say, I know God. I, I heard about him in Sunday school. I know the miracles. I read the Bible. I read the New Testament. So I know God. But do you have the right image about God in your mind? So, if I told you, write a paper about who is God, who is God, from your personal experience, who is God from your personal experience, what are you going to write? Some people will say, God actually is abandoning us. We suffer. Where is God? Why there is evil in the world? Some people say, God doesn't like me. I, I know he does like me. I prayed and he did not listen to me. I asked a certain requests from him. He did not give it to me. Some people say, say I hear about God, but he is far away from me. And some people might say, I don't believe whether he exists or not. That's why... The real glory, as we read in jeremiah nine twenty four that you know and you understand him the true knowledge of God, the true knowledge of God, unfortunately, many of us have wrong perception about God, distorted perception about God, and that's what Satan is doing. he wants to distort the image of God in our mind. do you know why? many atheists, they don't believe in God. Although their mind, they know there is God. You know, as they say, it takes more faith to deny God than to believe in Him. Because the evidence of the existence of God around us, you cannot dispute it, you cannot refute it. Heaven and and, and Earth and planets and your body, your organs, all of these things testify for existence of God. But many people, they deny God because Satan succeeded to distort the image of God in their mind. Satan will tell them, if there is God, why there is evil in the world? If there is God, why children are born with congenital anomalies? If there is God, why there is injustice in the world and unfairness? Of course, all these questions, they have perfect answers. That's why the Lord in Jeremiah said, don't boast in your earthly wisdom or in your might or in your riches. But glory in this, that you understand and know me, that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in earth. And and here actually, you can see the balance. There is loving kindness, so love and kindness. But on the other side, there is righteousness, fairness, justice. So there is balance here. If we have a balanced and correct perception of God, we know he is a loving Un- kind God but he's also uh, a righteous God brings fairness and justice and also exercise judgment. Judgment means everyone will be hold, uh, will be held accountable before God. So now maybe people abuse their power. people are unfair people oppress others but there will be a day in which everyone will give an account, and God will judge everyone for his deeds, whether good or bad. So, what's your glory? Do do you boast and glory that you know and understand God? Do you have the accurate image of God or not? What are the sources that tell you about God? How you mean? your image and your perception about God, how how you made it, and what are your resources. So, in order not to fall in apostasy, as I told you, you know, the purpose of uh, of this lecture, how not to fall in apostasy? I like to give you some practical point to help you not to fall in apostasy. Apostasy, not necessarily atheism, but I, I give you so many uh, forms of apostasy. Number one, you need to study and to know your faith. You need to study and know your faith. before reading about atheism and agnosticism and all these things, all these isms right now, before reading about this, you need to study and know your faith, to be founded in your faith, lest you are drifting away. Number two, you need actually to experience God in your life. As I told you, maybe you heard about God and could be that you have a distorted image about God. But I want you to have an accurate image and I want you to experience God in your life. To experience God in your life. Without experiencing God in your life, the image of God will be distorted. For example, if you heard about a person, if I asked you, do you know a person called George? And you tell me, no, I don't. So I tell you about him. So the image in your mind will be the image that I give you. Until you meet George in person, and you deal with him, then you will have Accurate perception and understanding and knowledge of joy. In the same way, unless you experience God, you don't have an accurate image and perception about God. So, I want you to get into a personal relationship with God. Christianity is not just another activity. I go play basketball on Saturday, I, I go Friday night, night club. Sunday I come to the church and Monday I go to uh, school. It's not like this. Uh, Number three, beware of the external influences on your mind, whether from social media, whether from friends, whether from TV shows, whether from anything. Satan is roaring around us with one goal, to distort the image of God in our life, to separate us from God. Because Satan wants to destroy us. And he knows the easiest way to destroy us is to separate us from God. That's his goal. And he's using everything around you, social media, friends, uh, TV, Many, many things around you, even games to destroy the image of God, music, uh, songs, lyrics. And while you are distancing yourself from negative external influences, you need actually to connect yourself with spiritual members in the family of God. This will be your support system. So distance yourself from ungodly people because bad company corrupts good morals and connect yourself with godly people, spiritual people in the family of God. If any thought starts to grow, thoughts of doubt or You have questions about God. Don't let these thoughts grow within you. Come and disclose these thoughts. Disclose it to your servant, disclose it to Abuna. But don't let the thoughts grow without exposing them. Thoughts that are growing in darkness will take hold of you. But once we expose them, and we put them against the truth in the scripture, then we will discover the falsehood of these thoughts. If somebody asked you, uh, do you still believe in God? Why there is evil in the world? And he start to convince you that uh, if God is there, then... There should be no evil. Or Satan is powerful than God. That's why his plan failed. The plan of God failed. And and Satan is uh, successful. Because uh, the evil is spread the world. Don't let these thoughts grow inside you. Come and expose these thoughts. Because these thoughts actually will make you eventually fall in apostasy. So come and expose. And as I told you, believe me, there are perfect answers. These questions, by the way, are not new to your generation. It exists even from the 1st century. And in the 1st, 2nd, 3rd century, 4th century, we have father, we call them apologetics. Apologetics father who defended and answered these questions. So don't let these thoughts grow within you. As St. Paul said also, so the following point, don't look at what is seen, but look at what is unseen. Because what what is seen is temporal, but what is unseen is eternal. That's what St. Paul said. We live in two worlds, a physical world that we can see, touch, but we are living also in a spiritual world, we are we have God, angels, saints, demons, Satan. So the spiritual world is a real world. We cannot see it by our own eyes, but we can experience it. Uh, let me give an example from the physical world. The air around you, you cannot see it, but you can experience The spiritual world we can experience. We experience attack from Satan, and we we experience support from the angels. We experience our connection with God and his loving kindness and his righteousness in our life. So, let me repeat what I said, what we need to do. study and know your faith. Number two, experience God in your life. Develop a personal relationship with God. Don't just come on Sunday to the church as an activity. No, it's a relation. Every day, every minute, every breath you are taking, there has to be a relationship with God. Number three, be aware of the negative external influences on you. And number four, connect yourself with godly people around you. Number five, don't let thoughts, negative thoughts, to grow without within you without exposing them. You need to expose them in the light of the truth. Number five, don't look, only on what is seen but you should actually look at what is unseen we're living in two worlds, physical, seen world and spiritual world around us Saint Paul said what is seen is temporal what's unseen is eternal meaning what? meaning don't just be concerned about your hundred years on earth There is eternal life, part of your your age, endless time. How are you going to live this endless time? It's not wise to think about 90 or 100 years and neglect and forget your eternal life. That is extreme foolishness. If you don't focus on the endless life that you will live. And the last point study your needs and your goals and be honest what are your needs what are your goals in life what you want to achieve and uh, again when i speak about life i'm not speaking about 100 years you are an eternal being this physical this is just a bridge you 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 are going to go from one life to another life But you should know that you are an eternal being. Eternal being. You will live for eternity. So what is your goal for your eternity? And what are your needs? Can you imagine if a person planning for the first ten years of his life on earth and neglecting the rest of his life? you're going to say, this person is foolish. In the same way, if you plan for 100 years and you don't plan for the rest of your life, which is eternal, that's extreme foolishness. So what are your goals and what are your needs? I hope that we can know that apostasy is not only to say, I am atheist. No, apostasy takes many, many forms. If you don't have a strong personal relationship with God in which you realize your sonship to God the Father through your unity and oneness with his son Jesus Christ by the work of the Holy Spirit in you through the sacraments of the church then that's apostasy. If you don't realize this If you don't live this, this is concerned apostasy. May the Lord protect all of us and protect the world from falling away in apostasy. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.